little question for you. Are you afraid of dying or are you afraid of living? That may sound like a strange question, but yet it is really a question we all face every day. And whatever that answer is, tells a lot about the journey that you're on and tells a lot about where you are in your walk as a spiritual being. Are you afraid of living or are you afraid of dying? A lot of people are truly afraid of living. They walk through this world in fear. They fear life. They fear the events of life. They fear the responsibilities of life. They fear what's outside the door. They fear what's inside the next room. They live in fear of living. And so they hide, they run, they lie, they cheat. They do whatever they can not to feel the movement of living the action of living in their life. And they live stagnant. They live lonely. They live in shadow and in darkness. And what about the fear of dying? It's very much the same. The fear of living and the fear of dying is all based on one energy, fear. And the one thing that stops us in our tracks, no matter what direction we're going, no matter what we are walking toward or walking away from, fear keeps us from awakening, from moving, from completing and living life to its fullest. When I was 22 years old on my 22nd birthday, I spent an afternoon at a nursing home in San Antonio. Every year I would give myself a birthday present to myself. And it was always in a sense, an action of loving, an action of sharing with others. And on that day, I decided to go to this nursing home that I had been to before to visit people and to go in and visit again. And as I walked in the door, literally, I had just walked in the door, and there was this elderly woman sitting in a chair right near the door, and she said, are you the one that's going to help me? And I turned to her and I said, well, I can help you if you want. Do you need me to help you get back to your room or something? She said, no, no, I can do that. She said, no, I need help in dying. And I said, help in dying? How can I help you in dying? 
it's natural. It's just a process. It's not something that I can give you or do for you. And she said, well, then you're not the one I'm looking for. There's somebody I know that's going to show up here and help me to die. Well, and I realized in that moment that I did have an answer for her. So I kind of collected her stuff together and we went over and sat in another part of the living room area where it was more private. And I asked her, I said, so why are you asking me this question? What's happened to you that all of a sudden you're asking about how to die? And she says, well, I've died almost three times. I came very close three different times in the last three months. And each time that I was dying, all of a sudden there was a door in front of me. And I knew that if I opened that door, I was going to die. And when I saw that door, at first I was really happy. It was like, finally. And then I realized, I don't know what's on the other side of that door. And I was very afraid of what was there. She said, I haven't lived the best of life. I've been a little bit mean to people. I haven't really given to people. And I'm afraid that on the other side of that door is going to be something I don't want. And if that's a door into eternity and there's something there that I don't want, I'm going to stay in this body as long as I can. That's what I decided that day. She said the next month came. I almost died again. She said I was in the hospital. And the doctor was there with me. And all of a sudden, I was above him in the room. And I knew I was out of my body. And as I turned and looked, there was that door, that same ugly door. And I didn't want to go through it. But something drew me like a magnet to it. I got closer and closer, and I struggled, and I fought, trying not to get close to that door. But all of a sudden, I was standing right in front of it, and my right hand was pulled to the doorknob. And I knew if I turned that doorknob, that door would open, and I would have to confront whatever on the other side. And I was afraid. And I fought, and I struggled, and I pleaded that I would be able to let go of that doorknob, and it wouldn't open. Because I didn't want to die and go through that door. And then all of a sudden, I heard a voice calling me, and it was the doctor. 
and I listened to that voice and I followed it back into the room and I woke up and I didn't have to go through the door. She said a third time, I was in my bedroom here at the center and I heard a voice say to me, this is your last breath. Take it and let's go. And she said, I struggled not to breathe. I did not want to take that next breath because it was going to be my last. And I laid there thinking, if I can hold my breath long enough, maybe this will go away. But I couldn't hold my breath very long. And all of a sudden, I gasped, and I took my breath. And as I breathed out, there was that door. And I found myself once again drawn to it. And my right hand went out to the knob and turned it. And as it turned, I almost screamed out of fear for what was going to be on the other side of that door. Because I had not lived a good life. I was not a good Christian. I broke a lot of the rules that we were not supposed to break when I was younger. And I don't think God has ever forgiven me for that. And she said, all of a sudden, I pulled the door open. And what did I see? But nothing. Nothing but the soft, gentle light that was there. And the sense of peace that came from the light and began to try to go into me. And I felt like I was going to be consumed by this peace. And I felt so unworthy that this peace would come to me that I've longed for for so long, but yet I don't feel worthy of. That I spit it out. I literally started spitting, spitting out the peace that was coming into me. And I stepped back, the door closed, and here I am. She said, what do I do? How do I die? How do I really face death and go through death into whatever that is that's there for me? So we talked for a while. And I told her, much like what Brian just said, death is easier than breathing. It's a matter of just letting go and going with the flow of energy that is there for you at the time. And to know that all that is really there is God's loving for you. And God wants you to come back into the loving and live in that place of loving once again. She said, but I can't. 
I can't. I was a bad person. People judged me. People hated me for a lot of what I did in my family and to my friends. How can I be at peace with that? And I said, I'm going to come back every day and we're going to spend a little bit of time working with you so that you begin to forgive yourself. God forgave you a long time ago. Now you have to forgive yourself so that you can go into that which God has prepared for you. And she said, if you could help me forgive myself, well, I just don't believe it. She said, I don't believe it. You come in and let's just see what you can do. But I'll bet you, you can't do it. I said, I, I know I can't do it. I can't make you forgive yourself. You're going to forgive yourself because you really want to, and I know it. Or you would have stood there asking people that are coming in, are you the one? You know that in order for you to go into that light and have that peace fill you and carry you off into it, that you've got to do whatever it is that's blocking you Whatever your fear is, you've got to let it go. And the way to do that is to forgive yourself. And I said, I'm going to come back tomorrow. We'll go to your room and we'll do some forgiveness. And she said, Well, just remember, I'm stubborn and I'm mean. And I said, Oh, I like that then this will happen real quick. And she said, no, no, I'm stubborn. You're not going to make this happen quick. And I said, I'm not going to make it happen. And she said, well, then I'll just have to see what you can do. So I came back the next day. She met me at the door. We walked back to her room. And as we sat down, she said, okay, go ahead, make me forgive myself. <laughs> and I said, you know, I can't make you do anything. You're stubborn. How am I going to make you do something if you're stubborn? I said, but you're going to do it because you want it. And if you don't want it, then... I'll go on. I can get up right now and walk out and leave you to your challenge in life. And she looked at me and she said, no, no, honey, don't get up. Stay here. I do want it. She said, but I don't know what to do. I've prayed the Lord's Prayer, and I realized that in there, I'm supposed to forgive others so that God can forgive me and I can forgive myself. But I can't forgive other people. They hurt me. When I was a child, when I was growing up, I was hurt. And I don't know how to forgive them. And I said, remember what I said yesterday? God's already forgiven it all. So there's nothing you really have to do but let go of it yourself. 
So forget about forgiving them. Forget about forgiving the situations. And forget about forgiving yourself. And why don't you just start saying inside to yourself right now, to God, I love you. And I open to receive your loving. She said, honey, I don't even know if there is a God. I'm hoping there is. And I'm hoping somehow he can figure things out for me so that I'm going to be in a good place. But I really don't know that I believe in God. And I said, I don't care if you don't believe in God. Do it anyway. So she closed her eyes, and she did it silently for a few minutes. And then I said, okay, now do it out loud. Let me hear what you're saying to God. And let me hear what's going on inside of you. And she opened her eyes, and she said, are you kidding me? And I said, I want to hear what you're saying. So she closed her eyes and she said, okay, God, I dare you. I just dare you to forgive me. And I dare you to come in and help me forgive myself. Come on, let's see what you can do. Literally, that's what she was doing. And I said, well, God likes a good dare. I said, so keep daring him. We're going to be here for a few years, but in time, God will take that dare and move on it, and your life will change. And the way it's going to change is you'll die, and you'll go into that peace. And she opened her eyes, and she said, really and truly, that's that you can guarantee to me? I said, you already know it. I don't have to guarantee anything. I can't guarantee, but you know it. When you opened that door, what was there? A soft, gentle, loving light and the peace that started coming into you. That's yours. All you have to do is allow it. All you have to do is accept it. And she said, are you really kidding me? And I said, I'm not kidding. This is the truth. I wouldn't waste my time in here playing a joke on you. So she closed her eyes. She said, okay. And she said, okay, God, I'm going to say that you have forgiven me. I don't know that you have. I don't believe that you have, but I'm going to say it anyway. You have forgiven me. And now I'm going to find that way to forgive myself. And she said, I think this man here has forgiven me. If he can forgive me, even though he doesn't know all that I've done, I think I can forgive myself. And so she just started saying over and over and over, I forgive myself, I forgive myself, I forgive myself, I forgive myself, over and over, time after time, until all of a sudden, Instead of saying, I forgive myself, she said, I love myself. And she stopped and she opened her eyes and she said, why did I say that? 
And I said, I don't know. You're the one saying it, not me. And she closed her eyes again, and she started saying, I forgive myself, I forgive myself. And very soon afterward, she was just saying, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. And I said, okay, now you have done what you needed to do. Now you can begin to move into allowing that peace inside. The more you do this tonight, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the more you're going to free yourself of all those judgments and that fear. And the more you're going to make space for that grace to come into you, that peace to fill you. And she said, well, how will you know when it's done? I said, I'll know when it's done because you'll take your last breath and go with the peace. You know that that's what's going to happen. You don't think you're worthy of it, but that's what's going to happen. You think you deserve something horrible because you have been horrible in your eyes. But what if God doesn't want something horrible for you? What if God truly wants something beautiful and wonderful and magnificent for you? Can you allow that? And she said, well, I think I could if I do this a little bit more. So I went back every day for maybe a week, maybe a little less. And then one morning when I was at work, and they had my my numbers to get a hold of me if they needed someone to come and visit and didn't have someone to go. They would call me. I would always tell them, just give me a call, and I'll be there as soon as I can, day off or in the evening. And that's so why I got a call. And they said, Jim, we just wanted to let you know, and they said her name has just died about an hour ago. And the nurse said, you know, she was a very bitter man, a woman, very bitter and very angry. And she always yelled at us, was mean to us. And she was always pushing people away. Isabel, you got very close to her. And she changed. And these last few days, she's been open and friendly and joking with us. And we were a little bit afraid <laughs> to hear her joke the way she did. We didn't know how to take it at first. And she said, when she first told me a joke, she looked at me waiting for me to laugh. And I didn't because I didn't know what was going on. And she said, honey, just laugh. Enjoy your life. So she said she died this morning, and she died with a smile on her face.
helping someone to die, this is the most precious thing there is. And that's what I'm doing here with you. That's what Brian's doing here with you. We're here to help you learn how to die. Learn how to take hold of that door and open it if you need to. But if you've done the meditation, that door is already open. And hopefully you have walked through that door into that light and into that peace so that when that day comes that you take your last breath, you'll already know how to do it and just do it. And you won't stand there in fear and do everything you can to push that door closed. We're here to help you to learn how to die. Die the little death daily so that when that great day comes that you take your last breath, you will not feel its sting, its pain, or its fear. Because you will have already walked through that door so many times that it will just be a natural process to go into the loving once again and just keep on that journey and not have to come back into this creation. That's what we're here to do. And I remember so clearly that evening when I was in meditation, I heard a big thank you. <laughs> I heard a thank you from God and I heard a thank you from her. And I've heard that so many times since. To initiates and non-initiates, it doesn't really matter. When the soul is ready, the grace is there in some form to help. The difference is with the teacher in your life and with the sound current active in your daily conscious life, you're going to liberate your soul and not have to return. She had to return. I know that. She knew that after she got on the other side. But she was happy to do it now that she understood this better. I want you to get on the other side and not ever have to return and know it and be happy in that and keep on going. If you can get high enough in your meditations, go inside and just continue into God's loving heart. There is no return, and there is only a state of grace and bliss and joy and peace. And there are no words that Brian or I can put on it that will give you any explanation of what it is you're going to experience or where it is you're going to go or how it's going to be when this happens. You have to experience it for yourself. In India, the masters call it the nameless. There is no name for it. There are no words for it. There is just experience and being. And that's what we want for you. And that's what we're holding for you to go into into that nameless presence, into that nameless realm, and there remain.
So just as I walked with that lady, as she walked up to that door and opened it and went into the light and went into the peace, Brian and I are here to do that with each of you. You're not alone. You never have been alone. But hopefully by now you know that we're here with you. 100%. All the way. God doesn't ever leave us alone. Even though we think it. God has been with us with every breath, with every step, with every action, with every reaction, with everything. And the more we can begin to live in the knowing of that and live in the flow of the loving that God has to share with us, the more we're going to live in a peace and a joy and a gratitude that we have never, ever experienced other than one other time. Before you came into this creation of separation, you looked back at God and you experienced oneness, oneness in God. And God made a promise to you in that moment when you turned and looked back to God and God said, I'll be with you wherever you go, whatever you experience, whatever you do, just keep looking for me, find me, and we'll become one once again. That's what this journey is about. Now you're on the return. Now you're moving into the oneness, into the light, into the sound, into the peace. Now you're moving back into the loving heart of God. Keep looking to God now. Don't turn around again. Don't turn away but always turn toward, toward the source, toward the loving, toward that which is really you. You are God. You are a spark of the divine, and you are now on the journey home from which you came. Daily meditate. Daily experience that dying the little death daily. That means focusing inward and letting go of this world and just be aware of that which is the eternal and the true. Let go of the world of separation and the finite and move back into the place of oneness and the infinite. Because you are the oneness. You are the infinite. Stop holding on to this world. Stop holding on to the people in this world, the animals of this world, the money of this world, the sex of this world. Stop holding on to all of that and just 
let go. Just let go and see what might happen. You might be really, 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 truly surprised. You might just begin to experience peace and loving and gratitude and joy in your life like you have longed for and cried out for and complained about for so many lifetimes. But there's always one more if you want it. I don't have to make arrangements for it. You don't even have to make arrangements for it. You're probably making arrangements right now by not doing the meditation, by just continuing to search after and go after the things of the world and making the world more important than your soul and God. That's a way to guarantee a next lifetime. One more. One more, hopefully one more. And then no more. Or if you're really doing it in this lifetime, no more. Get this complete and let's get out of here and let's go. And you never, ever, ever, ever will turn around. Once you get on the other side and into that place that is the eternal and true, I can guarantee you won't turn around. Until then, it's easy to turn around because the body consciousness automatically turns back into its own source. But the soul has to take dominion over that. The soul eventually has to say, enough. And it will. And the soul will begin to gently take dominion over the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body consciousness. And the body will start coming into alignment and allowing the soul to have dominion and to begin to set a course that the soul can free itself, liberate itself. And the body will go into cooperation with that. Because the loving of the soul will feed that which the body consciousness has been longing for. It longs for the love. It longs for the peace. It longs for the joy. And the soul can give that to the body consciousness, quiet it down, and bring it into alignment so it works together. So realize that. You're the one who's in charge. You, the soul, not the mind. Take charge. And when things are really challenging, sit down and meditate and go inside and connect to that flow of loving, for the loving is everything. And in that, you will rise above the situations, find solution, find a way to let go, Find a way to stop getting so involved and caught up in it and find that way to move on into greater things in your life. And it's not easy. 
and yet it is. One day it'll be simple and easy, and the next day it'll be as hard as all get out. And all you have to do is just keep taking a step forward every day, every day. One more time, one more step. There's a saying, all you have to do when you fall is pick yourself up. And when you fall, you pick yourself up again and again and again. And you're going to fall. As you walk through this world, it's going to trip you. You're going to trip yourself. But all you have to do is pick yourself up one more time. And in that, you win. It's when you fall and give up that you go into a place of misery and separation. Don't give up. Just look at it and go, ha, one more trip, big deal, and get up and go and live in the life of the flow of loving that you really know is true for you. You are the living, loving essence of God. That is soul. That is you. Live it. Live as the living, loving essence. Remind yourself every day. I went over to a lady's house years ago, and I asked if I could use her bathroom, and I went in, and in lipstick, written on the mirror, right at the top, across the mirror, was, I am the living, loving essence of God. <laughs> and I just broke out laughing, like, wow, I've never seen that before. And she says, oh, you saw it. And I go, I couldn't help but see it. And so I went back out, and we started talking. And she said, every month I put something new up there. And I said, Really? And she said, yeah, I do that. That's my monthly action. It's constantly reminding me of something. And she said, that's the one I'm working on this month. And I just really like that so much. She said she doesn't lipstick because then she can wipe it off and put something else up there. And she likes it big like that because it really is right in her face, so to speak, and not just a little card. She tried cards, she said, and it just, she would ignore them. She didn't really read them, but this is like bigger than life. There it is. Find some way to remind yourself of who you are every day. Find some way to remember yourself back into the path of loving whatever it might be, and do the meditation daily. The more you do it, the more you'll begin to live it. And another key is don't go into meditation with expectations of certain things happening or try to make some things come forward or get answers for something.
go in there just to be in the loving with God and let God love you. And then let God reveal to you whatever it is God wants to reveal if there's something. And there may be nothing but just living in the loving. What more is there than that? You long to be loved. You long to be able to love others, but don't really know what that is. Why not allow God to love you that you can begin to live in that loving flow? So sometimes I look back on my 22nd birthday as a day of awakening inside of me because she made me look at myself. What was I afraid of? What fears were holding me back from going through that door? And it's amazing. As long as you live, the world's going to play its little game, and it'll put fear and anger and judgment at that doorstep and try to get you to pick it up or to believe in it to keep you from going through that door. Take action, not reaction, and love it all. And let the loving disperse that which is not a part of your consciousness and bring to you that which is. And in that, you will ever be free.